I want to start by telling a story. Well, actually, three stories. And my authority for that is the Acts of the Apostles. Because the Acts of the Apostles is full of stories about God's action among men and women. And uh, I'm going to talk about three men. Now, apologies, ladies. Um, I realize that after I prepared this, I hadn't included a lady. And I should have done. I should have learned that lesson in my first ministry uh, among the down and outs in London. Uh, we used to serve soup, you know, and share the gospel with, with these folk. And one day, uh, a guy came up to me and he says, I notice that you always talk to the men and you're never talking to the women. Don't you think that you could save some women? I said, well, yes, I suppose I could. <laughs> and he said, good, save me one for Saturday night, will you? <laughs> uh, so I should have learned then, shouldn't I? But anyway, these are three men. I'm going to start with a guy called Solomon Stuckey. Solomon Stuckey was public enemy number one in South Africa. He and his two brothers used to terrorize whole communities. He was a gangster, he was a drug baron, uh, he had gangs that worked under him, and uh, I met him in Polesmore Prison. And uh, he became a Christian there, and I remember him saying to me, uh, the very first day I met him, in fact that was him the very first day I met him, uh, and uh, he said, I had a woman came up to see me yesterday. Uh, she was a white woman, and uh, she said, uh, I've come to give you a message from God. And uh, I said, don't be stupid, uh, I'm a Muslim. I don't have anything to do with your God. And she said, listen, did you make a promise to God? He said, don't be stupid. Of course I didn't make a promise to God. She said, think man, did you make a promise to God? And he said, oh, years and years ago, uh, I said, if, if I had a wife and a house and a family, uh, at that point I would serve him, but uh, that's long ago. And she said, well, God has come to collect. And that started a mission within that one heart. And it happened that the next day I was preaching uh, to the men in Polesmore Prison, and uh, this man waited for everything else to stop and he came up to see me and told me this story and he became a Christian and uh, he was about to go to prison for uh, 20 years it turned out but the interesting thing is that as we conversed together over a period of time he never once said he was going to pray not to go to prison he said I've received so much that I want to be in prison to share with the other men. And for 20 years he did that. But he also said that when he left prison, he wanted to come back to Cape Town, to the Cape Flats, 
and there he would preach the gospel and make sure that as many people could hear it as possible. We go on to the next slide. Is it? There we are. Here he is today, uh, looking very much older, of course, and he's done exactly what he said 23 years ago, as it happens, uh, and uh, he has been working the last three years in some of the toughest areas uh, in the Cape Flats. That's story number one. A man who had a desire to serve God. You remember in our last reading, it said that you receive living water, that a river will flow out through you. That's exactly what's happened here with Solomon Stachy. And then we move on to somebody that some of you will recognize because he has sung in this church. His name is Bob McLeod. Fifty years ago, Bob became a Christian, and uh, it was my privilege to mentor him for a period of time. That mentoring went on uh, into years of service. He traveled the world with me. Uh, Billy Graham had uh, George Beverly Shea. I had Bob McLeod. And uh, Bob has sung here. He sang at Glastonbury Festival. He's sung in places around the world. And God has used him. Rivers of living water flowing out through him because he received of Jesus Christ. And then finally, Colonel Alexander Tarasenko from Ukraine. It was... Uh, Many years ago that I went to Ukraine, 29 years ago now, and uh, our first ministry was in the prisons of Ukraine. And in Prison 62, Colonel Tarasenko came, after I'd been working there for some time, he was the newly appointed governor. And one day uh, we met in the exercise yard, and he said to me, what is it you tell these men? I felt rather threatened at first. And uh, I said, well, I, I tell them about Jesus. He said, I know you tell them about Jesus, but why is it that these men change so radically? Because he said, I know these men. Some of them are like animals. But he said, last week, the worst man in this prison, a guy called uh, Mihaiduk, he came to see me and he said, sir, you need Jesus in your life. He said, what's all that about? So I said, well, I'd love to be able to tell you, but right here in the exercise yard is probably not the best place. So we arranged to meet at the officer's mess. And you won't believe this, but we actually went into the sauna. And uh, anybody who's been in a Russian sauna will know that you don't just get the sweat, you get the whip. Uh, branches are used to bring the blood to the surface. And you go from there into a pool of freezing water. It was the most interesting presentation of the gospel I've ever had. And... Uh, it was later that he and his family, oh sorry, I should, you should have said, who's doing the uh, 
There we go, June. Uh, go back a little, go back a little. Uh, now, start again. And then, what's happening here? Uh-oh. Forget it. Forget it, because somehow they're out of order. Okay. So, Alexander Tarasenko heard the gospel, invited me to his home to meet with his family. And actually, his wife and uh, two eldest daughters became Christians first, but then he became a Christian too. Gave us permission to build a purpose-built church right there in the prison. Here was an opportunity for the gospel because he had received, now we were able to continue preaching to some of the worst criminals in Ukraine. Many of those men are now in ministry. The head of evangelism for the Baptist Union of Ukraine is one of our former prisoners. We have people who are serving in the church as deacons. Colonel Alexander Tarasenko has gone on to serve the Lord and his daughters as well. So you see, when Jesus says, let him who is thirsty come to me and drink, and you will become streams of living water flowing out to the world, that is the process that God intends. It is that you receive and then you become part of the meeting the needs of others. If we look at this particular slide, that is the Hoover Dam in America. You'll see that it is, all the white area should actually be underwater. It's a very serious situation in the western part of a, the United States at the moment, and that is that the fires and the climate change and the foolishness of many men has caused uh, the uh, Hoover Dam to be threatened. That is also a hydroelectric dam, and uh, even that, the electricity is now being threatened. The other, uh, have you got the other, uh, say, uh, water? No, there's one before that, before that. No, okay. Really is out of order. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's the penalty for trying to send things through email. <laughs> uh, anyway, the fact of the matter is that there's an even larger dam than that in South America. Uh, it's called the Itaipu Dam and the Paraná River. It is 18 times the size of the Hoover Dam. And that is drying up as well. It's a very serious situation. And when people are praying for three years, and it's expected that next year will be the same, the fourth year, praying for rain, already people are dying of thirst. And I'm told that that's the worst possible way to die. There's an even greater tragedy than that. There are churches... There are people 
spiritually dying of thirst. There are many reasons that people are spiritually thirsty. It's very interesting to me. I'd never spotted it before, but in our reading from Exodus 17, it says the people set out from the desert of sin. Did you catch that? I'd never seen it before. The desert of sin. Boy, that is a desert, isn't it? When your life is consumed with sin, maybe there's a habit. I've known certainly that in my own life. And I'm sure that there are some of you here who know that as an experience. The desert of sin. And God speaks into that situation. God said to Moses, Take your staff and strike the rock. That rock which the Apostle Paul later calls Christ. It is the spiritual corollary of that which is physical. That the thirsty need water. And right the way through the Old Testament... And right the way to the woman at the well. And right the way to when Jesus spoke at the Feast of Tabernacles that we read about in Leviticus. Water is life. It's life physically. Can't live without it. And it is life spiritually. For without Christ there is no life. It was a very interesting thing that happened at the Feast of Tabernacles. Every day of the eight days of the festival, a priest would go out through the water gate of the city to the pool of Siloam. He would take a golden pitcher and fill the pitcher with water and come back through the water gate and then pour the water over the altar. And that was a symbolism to be reminded. The people of Israel needed that reminder seven days that God provided the water in the desert. And then on the eighth day, the priest would go through the water gate and he'd come back with the pitcher and hold it over the altar and pour. But nothing came out. And it was to remind the people what would have happened if God had not said to Moses, strike the rock. And at that point, the scripture says that Jesus shouted with a loud voice so that everybody could hear, Come to me, the living water. Wow, what a symbolism. Do you know if Jesus were here this morning, 
he would do the same. But he's not. And so I must do it if I am to honor him. He is the living water. Without him, you are already dead. He that believes and receives will become a river of water going into the world. I love the testimony of James. There are people that are like him who once put their faith in Christ but are now in a far country. That too is an experience in the Old Testament. Psalm 42. There were people in exile, far from Jerusalem, far from God. Among a foreign people with foreign gods. Many of them, like Daniel, had had their names changed to include the name of the foreign god. And some of them mixed. I wonder what foreign gods may have taken you from Jesus. Maybe you're in a far country just like James was. One of those in the far country said this, As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. Is that where you are today? My soul longs for that spiritual life that I once enjoyed. You too can come to him. You who are thirsty, come drink. Come buy without price. (laughs) What a wonderful, wonderful picture that is. I love the idea of going into a shop with no money and buying (laughs) everything I wanted without money. What does it mean? It was simply a prophecy. It was a prophecy of what the Apostle Paul would explain, that it is by faith that we are saved. That not of ourselves, it's a gift from God. Not because of work, so that no one can boast. Come to him who is the life. If you are in that situation this morning, I would give you a very simple invitation. Come to Jesus. I have a little booklet. It's called Just Grace. I wrote it 40 years ago, but it still does the work that God intended it to do then. It explains how you can become a Christian and how you can stay in Christ. I'd love you to have one. Would you come and see me after the service?
if you do this for me, just write your name. That's all I need because I'd love to pray for you. Just come and ask for one. Later on, if you want one of these to give to a friend who's not here today, well, why not? Come and ask for one. They don't cost anything. Just like the gospel, they're free. We're going to sing a hymn. It's a hymn I love. Rock of ages cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. It's a beautiful verse that says, Nothing in my hand I bring, Simply to thy cross I cling. When we come to that, just imagine in your mind, when you say nothing in my hand I bring, I'm going to challenge you this morning to change that and picture yourself coming to Jesus with a cup. Because he said that he's the living water. Let him who is thirsty come to me. Come with a cup. And just say a simple prayer. Lord, fill my cup. 